This is Her Self-Expression with Beverly Price, a podcast dedicated to women who seek self-empowerment. Like many women, Beverly suffered with low self-esteem, and now she is on the other side and is ready to share her knowledge with you. In this podcast, we interview inspirational women every week who share action-oriented tips to boost self-image and self-confidence. If you'd like to move from self-loathing to self-love, as Beverly did, stay tuned for today's episode that is sure to help you take on the world. And now, here's Beverly. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. I hope you're having an awesome day. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here with me today. I'm Beverly Price, your host of this podcast, divorce recovery coach, and advocate for women's empowerment. I'm the host of this podcast, Her Self-Expression. Statistics say that 79% of women are not confident. Four out of every five women consider themselves less than other women. One out of every two women don't consider themselves beautiful. I see that awful tragedy, and I want to change it. I want every woman listening to feel confident, strong, and beautiful. It is possible for you. My guests and I will help you to stand tall rather than play small. This podcast empowers you to say yes to the next phase of your life and become the woman you were made to be. Today, I have these questions for you to think about. Have you been through major life transitions? Have you been through more than one? What was the effect on you physically, emotionally, and mentally? My guest today is the wonderful Kate Varness. She is going to talk to us today about life transitions and how to deal with the physical and mental side of them and their impact on our being empowered. So why do I think we should talk about life transitions? Well, life transitions bring about some of the most painful emotions and negative self-talk there is. And I can testify to that because it's impacted me this way. In addition, those transitions form some of the major life stressors we face. All transitions threaten a woman's empowerment left unchecked, whether it's divorce, job loss, moving, retirement, illness, or more, these can rock your world. The second half of life hands us expected and unexpected life transition that lead to physical and mental clutter. In this podcast, Kate shows you how to successfully tackle life transitions like having an empty nest, downsizing, retirement, or more. Kate helps women go from chaos to clarity, such a beautiful part of empowerment. With over 16 years experience as a certified coach and professional organizer, Kate brings in the expertise in ADHD, energy healing, and human design. Her best-selling book, Who Am I Now? Realign Your Home and Life, focuses on navigating the physical and mental clutter of life transitions. Kate has been featured on thekitchen.com, local television, in newspapers, family fun, and family circle. She's a mother of three, lives in central Illinois with her husband, and chief operating dog, Mickey. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for being my guest today. It's so great to have you, and you look wonderful. 
Well, I am delighted to be here. So Kate, can you tell me a little bit about your empowerment journey? Sure. So my empowerment journey was not one where a lot of negative things happened. It was more of a quiet internal journey and finding myself as a young mom and then, you know, raising kids and then starting my own business and seeing how I was repeating the patterns of the people who I, who had parented me, people around me. And so I was just unknowingly following some of those expectations that I never would have guessed that I would have done when I was a young teenager or a college student. Yeah, many of us always say, I don't want to be like them. And it turns out we repeat a lot of the things that they did. Yeah, and there's nothing nothing to, wrong with, you know, everyone's doing their best as a parent. Right. And it just was interesting now that I look back how I didn't think I could ask for help. I wasn't really allowing myself to receive help, even if I had gotten the, the courage to ask. And so that was one of the biggest shifts that I needed to make was to be able to ask for and allow myself to receive support. So important. To transition now a little bit to the topic of life transitions, transition to life transitions, kind of funny. So why does dealing with your physical stuff help you navigate life transitions? So when I I was at home with my kids for a few years, and then I came across the profession of professional organizing, and it was really a good fit for me. And I was able to go into people's homes, help them with their clutter, whatever the situation was for them at the time. And I began my journey getting further education credentials and coaching certifications under my belt so that I could really help people with their stuff, which a lot of people think stuff is just stuff, but really it's so much more. Right. I remember my parents lived with me for 20 years. And when we were contemplating them moving in, I knew that my mother's emotions were really tied to things and mine weren't. So one of the things I did was I sold my furniture and let her use all hers in the house. And that really helped her with that transition of moving from it being her house to living in somebody else's house. The stuff that we accumulate, it can represent parts of our lives that we treasure. It can even represent parts that we didn't like because we, if it's got a negative memory, you know, you may not want to go through it. You may say, oh, I'll get to it someday. But The underlying thing is that I really don't want to deal with those documents or those clothes. For example, let's say someone was a stay-at-home parent their entire career. That was their career. Their kids moved away, and they've got all these mementos in the basement, the clothes, the (laughs) papers, and all of that. And the thing is that, first of all, knowing how to go through those items is, is one piece of the puzzle. But another piece of the puzzle, the one that's really important and most empowering is that a woman can say, here's where I am now, and I'm excited about what is to come next. 
Because if you are, mm. are thinking that the best part of your life is over, you're not going to release those things from the past because you're not going to step through the doorway towards something. I have a friend who says she wants women to have their next chapter be their best chapter in life. I thought that was beautiful. So when somebody has a really big project, not as big as a hoarder, but a big project, where can they start on a big project? So the big project may not be the place to start. It may be that a person needs a small win if they need some confidence. And mm. that's a, a great approach as well. But if you've got that big space, the garage or the basement or the spare bedroom that's become the, the junk room, I advise you to start on the left and work your way to the right. Or hmm. if there's stuff on the floor, pick the things up off the floor, put them on the bed or a table. That way you feel already like you have progress. And if it's too overwhelming for you to work in that space, you can do two things. Number one, you can take a sheet. I know this sounds like a strange thing to say, but you can take a plain sheet and cover up the stuff you're not working on. So uh -oh. that's one option. And the second uh -oh. tip I would give you is that you can take a box full of things out of the room into a room that is already set up the way you want it to be. You can put law and order on and just sort your way through it. It'll make it feel less painful. I can understand that. And so how does a big project tie into a life transition? In a couple of ways. So if, you've, if you're, say, going through a divorce, you may need to sell that house. Or if you're downsizing, you're going to need to make a physical change. And so that is an example of a life transition that has a timeline, has a deadline often. And so that's an obvious connection there. But the other connection can be that you just, you feel that urge. I think you get to a certain age and you kind of feel the urge to simplify and to mm -hmm. make your life easier. And so it's a really wonderful opportunity to say, what is it that I have? What is it that I still want to take with me to the next chapter and have that be the best chapter? So I'll give you an, a metaphor or a, okay. I guess it would be a comparison. When, if you went to college and you knew that you needed to be careful with what you brought, you were selective, mm -hmm. you knew that there were things that you were going to do at, at college that you wouldn't need the stuff at home for, like, you right. know, all those old mementos and trophies and all of that stuff. So thinking about your next chapter, wherever you are, whether you're staying in your current place or moving to another place, or you've just had something happen in your life, retiring, whatever the transition is, think about what is the stuff that I need in this next chapter? What would I pack in a suitcase? The second thing you want to think about is what skills do I need for this new period of life and what help or support might I need for that? So by skills, you may be becoming a caretaker for a parent. And there may be some skills that you brush up on. And we think about this, obviously, when you have a baby, you know, you brush yeah. up on some new skills or for a career, the same thing. But your next stage of life 
whatever that change is going to be, is going to require maybe some different kinds of skills, maybe some emotional skills, communication exactly, skills, those kinds of things. Absolutely. Do you have any advice for me in this situation? My husband has about three times the volume of clothes that I have. And he has things saved literally from 20 and 30 years ago. So I have tried different encouraging ways to get him to part with some things. We have this joke. He has daddy shoes, these white tennis shoes. He has 15 pairs of these same shoes, and he will continue to glue them together. And I think a part of it is his desire to be conservative and frugal. So do you have any advice for me that that I can help him let go of some of that stuff? Oh, this is such a common question that I am happy to answer. And the answer is the ABC method. Okay? Okay. Always be curious. Okay? And I know okay. this may not feel very satisfying because it's a much easier to get rid of someone else's stuff than it is your own. <laughs> there may be something underneath the saving that could be valuable information that would allow you to have a bit more leverage or speak the language or okay. create a kind of a boundary or a limit with him. So this being curious starts with having a genuinely, authentically curious point of view. So let's say they have a letterman's jacket from okay. high school. And you say, you don't say, well, why do you want that old thing? <laughs> oh, your tone of voice, the wording is not going to encourage genuine exploration. So here's another alternative. You know, you have had this letterman's jacket for a long time. I'm really curious what makes it so important to you, right? There's a big difference there. And so, yeah. especially with couples or parents and children, there can be a history and a defensiveness. Like, oh, you just want me to throw this thing away. But sometimes telling the story or saying, okay, you've got these old flannels, you've got 20 of them. What if we could narrow it down to your five favorite? Sometimes That's a good way to do it because I've tried asking the question. Mm -hmm. Like, he has a motorcycle helmet but doesn't have a motorcycle. So I asked him why he felt the need to hold on to it. And he wants to save it for his grandson, who is four years old now. <laughs> okay. So so I've tried, but I like your other suggestion. So, so to kind of, yeah, I've kind of distracted you from, <laughs> from the podcast, but thank you very much. So why is it important to also look at our habits? in regard to transitions. So when you've got a bunch of stuff in a basement or a room, that I call that a backlog. And getting through the backlog is a project in itself. And then creating a system that works for you now is something different. So creating that system and, and maintaining it is going to require a different set of habits. So if the question is, well, 
I'm going to save these baby clothes for my child so that their children can wear these baby clothes. That is probably not. So what's, what's going on underneath the surface of that saving? It's the idea that in order for something to be important, you need to keep it forever or that the other person wants Ooh. to have that, that thing. So there's a habit of saving that goes with a set of beliefs or a set of ideas that maybe need to come up to a conscious level and be explored a little bit. Interesting. So I think you've answered kind of part of my next question, but how come it's so hard for some people to let it go? And there can be many reasons for this. Some people just see the uniqueness in each individual thing. Some people have their memories tied to it and they worry that if yes. they don't have the thing, that they won't have the memory anymore. Some people feel an obligation. So let's say that you, your uh, parents downsized, went to a nursing home, whatever, and you ended up with a bunch of furniture in your house that was theirs. And mm -hmm. you, you say to your kid, well, now you got to take this furniture. So what's the mm -hmm. underlying message there? It's that <laughs> in order for this to be important, it should be passed on. And so all of a sudden you're taking on the role as keeper of the stuff. And that's a tough identity thing. Are you betraying your family by selling something? You know, these things, they lurk under the surface, but really the question is, can this be solved in a different way, in a way that really honors your life? Because you get to be in charge of your house. You get to be the boss of your house. And if your space is not set up in a way that really supports you, you are not going to be able to live in an empowered way. Oh, wow. What, what is an effective strategy, kind of a letting go ritual for someone like that? I love the idea of letting go rituals. Now, we have rituals for lots of different chain things in life, you know, baptisms or marriage, funerals, those kinds of things provide us a connecting path between where we were and what's next. So you can do the same thing with your stuff. And actually, it's very satisfying to have a physical thing that you're shifting, letting go of, changing. So that really marks the difference of what, what's happening internally or mentally, perhaps. So let me give you an example. Instead of keeping the entire collection of shoes, someone could take pictures of each of the shoes, put them in a developed, <laughs> and say, these are my favorite shoes because, and tell the story. Because a lot of things, oh, wow. yeah, a lot of times, we have stories about our things and we just want to reminisce about the story. It's yeah. much less space to have that be in a, a memory book or even you could simply get the picture developed and tape it onto a, a eight and a half by 11 page and put it in a page protector in a, in a yeah. binder. I you love know, it. It's not yeah. too complicated. But it's a, it's a way of letting go. It's a way of building that bridge. Another idea is to create a shrine. So let's say that you're a teacher and you have tons of, of materials and notes from your students and awards and things like that. As you're going through those things, you can 
really select the very best, get a memory box, display it, enjoy it, put it prominently in your house. And you can smile and say, what a wonderful career I had. I'm so grateful for that. And so you've got a representation of it. You don't have to let go of everything, but you've created a ritual that will allow you to celebrate it, but also simplify. Gotcha. What advice do you have for a person that's the opposite, that eagerly throws things away, maybe too fast? Hint, hint, that's me. <laughs> Well, that is such a good question as well, because often I find that the people who uh, like to collect things pair up with the people who don't want to have collections around. That's, That's true. Extra <laughs> stuff. And so this is an interesting phenomenon. I would call it stuff out and stuff away. So people who want oh. stuff out often enjoy the memory of it or they need it as a as a visual trigger to remember something unfortunately when you've got an entire counter full of things it's hard to actually see the reminder with right the stuff away people when they see the things out or extra things it feels noisy to them and they right. want to have it be contained within a drawer or just out of the way because it's stuff makes noise <laughs> so yeah so there needs to be a sweet spot between the people who have different styles one way to do that is to negotiate another way mm -hmm. is to claim spots in the house so perhaps you would have yeah. your oasis that is very clear and open and zen-like and perhaps there's a den that has the the collection 30 years of stuff <laughs> yeah so yeah so different people have different ideas someone who really enjoys their tchotchkes having a, a bare counter or not many things out is going to feel very uh, unhome uh, not cozy there's a term right. called huga it's i believe a danish or swedish term meaning like a cozy home and so you could talk about what cozy looks like and negotiate it, just like lots of other things in relationships. <laughs> yeah, there sure is negotiation. Well, when you have a goal, how do you take a goal from resolution to implementation? I think a lot of us are good at setting goals, but implementation is quite a different animal. Right. I would, I'd say that... Oh, Okay, so setting a resolution to me, that often means pie in the sky, I'm going to fix everything, I'm going to have all of it done in a snap, and then when you start to encounter maybe some of those difficult feelings or you realize that you're not excited about the future, then you could step away and the resolution fails because you haven't really taken into account all of the information that goes into making a life transition or shifting up the space because your identity is reflected in the outer world. Now, not everybody, oh, okay. well, just because you've got a messy house doesn't mean you're messy inside. Right. Some people need that person to help them out and sort things and make it easier to make decisions. It's often easier to get through a project when you have another set of hands or someone who is at the very least not 
criticizing, right? That is not good right. support. So having a having all of your pieces in place for knowing what you're really dealing with, having someone else there to help move the, the process along, it also provides that accountability because someday is no day. It's no time. So setting a specific time, knowing that you're going to start in the first two feet of the room or with this particular box, that is a good way to actually make the changes start to happen. Well, everyone, please stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment when Kate will share with us her three actionable tips to help us on our road to empowerment. We'll be right back. Hi, beautiful. Beverly Price here again. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Are you or is anyone you know stuck carrying the life-numbing emotional baggage after your divorce? I call this the divorce hangover. Whether you are newly divorced or divorced many years ago, this happens. Do you want more? Want to feel happy, worthy, confident, and successful? Want to move on? Many women invest in attorneys and accountants, but ignore their emotional recovery. Some because they don't feel like they deserve it. Others won't invest in themselves like we do for others. And others decide just to stuff their emotions and trudge through life. If this sounds like you, or someone you know, and you want more out of life, then my divorce recovery coaching program may be just the answer. With one-on-one -on -one personal support, we'll work together to cure your divorce hangover with a customized solution. Join hundreds of women that have walked through divorce with me to the other side. Schedule a free confidential divorce recovery breakthrough session to learn more and say yes to thriving for your lifetime. The link to schedule this session will be in the show notes. Now let's get back to the show. We're back with Kate. Kate, what three actionable steps would you give to the woman in our audience that will help shift some of those tragic statistics on their road to empowerment? Well, all of the listeners here and viewers, I want you to know that you get to be in a home that feels really good for you. And in order for you to do that, you first need to take a good look at what your life is right now and allow yourself to really see what it is that you're excited about in the future, what you're able to let go of, what you need to leave behind, and start with exploring that piece. And then ask yourself, what is the stuff that I need for right now for the next chapter? What are the skills that I might need to employ? And what support can I bring forward to help me? Whether that's hands-on helping you to get through the project or accountability, having a clutter buddy, or perhaps reaching out to a coach or a counselor someone who can help you with some of those difficult things. I want to encourage you to know that when you sort through your stuff, what you're really doing is allowing yourself to grow and expand and enjoy life now. Beautiful. So how do you think taking these actions impact a woman's confidence and empowerment? 
Well, a couple different ways. That beauty drawer in your bathroom that may have gotten cluttered up and every morning you open it up and you say, oh, I get to that or, oh, so wasteful. You are actually creating a lot of stress for yourself. Mm -hmm. And you're saying, I'm the kind of person who is having to deal with these stressors every morning. Well, guess what? It can only take 30 minutes, 20 minutes, even less to go through that particular drawer, get real with yourself. And then every time you open it, you're going to feel better about yourself. So that's one example. The other one is your closet. Do you have a closet you can trust? Because if you open up your closet and you're seeing all sorts of sizes in there, what you're saying to yourself is that you're not good enough for right now. Right. So what if you had a closet that was exactly what fit you, what felt good, didn't have holes, made you just move through life with a sachet and a swagger? What if you had that? How delightful would that be each and every day? So these are gifts that you can give yourself that are going to make a big difference in how you feel right from the start in your morning. Absolutely. With my clients, it's interesting that you mentioned the drawer in the, in the closet because when I have a client that gets stuck in negative thinking and it's repetitive negative thinking and it's repetitive because they've always thought it. I try and get them to shift their thinking to something else. And what I usually say is go clean a drawer, go clean your closet, because it's a 180 shift in what they were thinking about. It takes them away mm -hmm. from that negative thinking into something useful and positive. So it's funny that you mentioned that as well. The great thing about going through physical stuff is that it allows you to have an instant transformation And it gets at some of the underlying things. So it can be satisfying, but it can also be frustrating. So just know that you can get your tr trash can in there, get the donate bin, and practice lots of self-compassion and forgiveness. Because <laughs> it can, one little last letting go ritual that I'll share with you. If you bought something and it was a buying mistake, say this out loud. I'm so grateful that I now know that I don't need this. Ooh. And then put it in the donation pile and then say, I'm so grateful that there's someone else who can now use this. And if the item is broken, just, just finish with the, I'm so grateful to be able to let this go and create space for new blessings in my home. Oh, so incredible. I love that. And so positive. Well, I have one. It's giving yourself permission to be who you are. And really, you're the only one who gets to give yourself permission. And we don't do If that enough. Feeling squashed, we don't do that enough. Yes. You know, I think as women, we've been taught that our identity should be wrapped up in taking care of others and doing for others, and that doing for ourselves is something selfish or wrong. And I think what we're coming to grips with now is doing something for yourself is actually a healthy thing to do. Absolutely. And here's something I say that kind of stops people in their tracks, especially women. Don't call yourself a giver if you can't give to yourself. Ooh. Okay? So don't call yourself a giver if you can't give to yourself. The truth of it is if you are giving and giving and giving and you have nothing left for others, first of all, you're, show you're giving an example to others. 
of someone who does not replenish their resources or nurture their own resources. And it's not sustainable. It's going to take a toll on your health, for sure your well-being and your confidence and empowerment. So get used to asking for and allowing support. That I think that is so helpful to the empowerment journey. So it's don't call yourself a giver unless you're giving to yourself. So awesome. Well, I have one last question or one question that I like to ask all my guests to wrap things up. And that is, Kate, what does self-expression mean to you? Self-expression to me means that you are not tolerating anyone or anything squashing down your purpose, your zest for life, your delight in life, and that even if you feel like you don't even know what you're delighted with anymore, it's okay because you can find that and find your voice and then say it louder and then share it with others and pretty soon you and I will all be able to express who we uniquely are because there's only one of right. us. There's only one of you in this world and we benefit from you being who you Absolutely. are. So how can our listeners find you, Kate? I'm on all the social media forms. If you look up Kate Varness, that's V like vacation, A-R-N-E-S-S, Kate Varness, you can find me and follow me on there. Or you can go to my website, katevarnass.com. Beautiful, beautiful. Do you have anything else you'd like to share with us today? So many of the things that we talked about in this podcast are in my book, Who Am I Now? Realign Your Home and Life. It's a really great workbook plus little hints like like you've heard today. And it can be a good good gift for yourself if you find call to be on this journey. So check that out. You can get it on Amazon where they buy, they sell books. Beautiful. Kate, thanks so much for being my guest today. Not only was this incredibly educational to me, but it was fun and energizing. I've really enjoyed it. I've had so much fun with you as well. Well, ladies out there, all of Kate's information and the information about her book will be available in the show notes along with my information. You can find everything at herselfexpression.com. Please connect or have a friend connect with Kate to learn more about her processes. Thank you so much for being with Kate and myself today on this episode of Her Self-Expression. I love connecting you with incredible women who have incredible strengths and intelligence and facts to share, just like Kate, that can provide actionable steps that can help us be more empowered. You can find this podcast and all my episodes at herselfexpression.com. Please share it with your friends and subscribe. The more women we reach, the more interesting topics and the more impactful guests we can bring. Most importantly, remember, you don't have to go on this empowerment journey alone. I've been through my own challenging journey to get to the other side, and I have the experience to guide you. No matter where you are in your journey, I'm here to help. 
Thank you for listening to the Her Self-Expression podcast and take care. Thank you for listening to the Her Self-Expression podcast today. To listen to past episodes, visit www.herselfexpression.com. Once there, you're going to want to take our quiz to see where you stand right now on your journey to self-expression. If you have any questions or would like to share your thoughts with Beverly and other like-minded women, join our Facebook group, the Her Self-Expression Sisterhood. Invite your friends too. When you download and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or other podcast services, be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends to download it too so we can continue to help others. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And remember, self-expression doesn't have to be a mystery. It's your key to confidence and self-empowerment both inside and out. But most importantly, remember that you don't have to do it alone. Visit www.herselfexpression.com and join us today.